All right, everybody, we are live. We should be good to go. We uh, did a little bit of a test run before, and I got to say, guys, I am super excited to uh, have our first guest on an industry QA. You are watching a live industry QA from Guns and Tactics. You can check us out online at gunsandtactics.com. Again, my name is Dave. I appreciate everybody joining. Now, we're going to go ahead and welcome our guest. Let's make sure everything is working good here. And yes, there we go. Yeah, we got you loud hey, and clear. Hey guys, going? Hey, good, good, Josh. good. Pleasure to be here. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. I was uh, just kind of giving a quick intro to everybody that this is our first industry QA, and we have Josh from Holosun Optics joining us. Yeah, and, super excited. I think uh, definitely overdue for one of these, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> obviously, a lot to go over. Um, my first question, though, Josh. Is I think everybody wants to know: Is it Hollow Sun or Holo Sun? Uh, I think it depends on how far east uh, in the country you live. Because uh, for us on the California over here, it's Hollow Sun. Uh, but I definitely see that accent kind of creep in the further east I go for trade shows. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now I'm getting a little bit of feedback from your audio. There's like a little bit of a buzz in the background. So I'm not sure if that's a camera right. setting or a, a live stream. But we can see it. Lower that a little bit. Okay. How's that? Yeah, that's better. Yep, that sounds better. So I think. Uh, We'll be good to go. Now, uh, for you, those of you guys watching live, we are streaming this on YouTube and Facebook. You can check us out, like, share, subscribe. We really would appreciate uh, all of that uh, because it really does make a difference, right? Uh, it helps us grow. And like I've told you guys before who have watched this, as the channel grows, we have more opportunities to do uh, stuff exactly like this. Do have to give a quick shout out to all of our Patreon supporters as well, although my graphic doesn't appear to be showing up. So that's great. But oh, well. Uh, <laughs> the joys of technology, but I do have to give a quick shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. If you want to support the channel, you can do so on Patreon and, uh, any little bit really does help. Uh, there we go. Uh, we do have different levels of supporters. If you just want to contribute anything as little as a dollar or two all the way on up to our high level. So you can get shout outs like this. Otherwise, if you guys like the content, you can also send stars on Facebook or do a super thanks. But uh, again, thank you to all of our Patreon and Patreon, uh, Patreon supporters. We do really, really appreciate that. All right, now let's get back to it. Uh, obviously we have a lot to talk about. We'll hopefully go for about an hour. You guys had an amazing shot show and shot show. I thought overall was pretty good. A lot of new stuff, uh, some innovative stuff, but if I had to give a company that I was most excited to check out, you guys would be on my top, probably my top optics list for sure. But there was some cool guns I wanted to check out, but man, you guys had some really, really cool stuff. Oh man, uh, this year's SHOT Show for us was a whirlwind to say the least. Uh, I definitely think we had more foot, track than we, more foot traffic than we've ever had before. And uh, just the overall impression from everybody at the show, super excited to see all the new products. Uh, I think obviously by far and away our new thermal optic kind of stole the show. Everybody <laughs> was stopping by to get as many pictures as they could with that. I think in the morning, you know, they would get picked up off the rack and I swear I never saw them hit the rack until the end of the day. So it was just a... Yeah, definitely a busy time at the show, but super awesome to see everybody and show off all the cool new stuff. Is it was uh, it was cool to see the reception. So, yeah, and I think it was well uh, well deserved too. I mean, obviously the the thermal and the night vision uh, was was probably something that I was most intrigued to see. Not just you know at the range day, but also at the agency arms event where we actually got to see it at night. Yeah. But then you also had some really awesome pistol optics and rifle sights too that we'll talk about uh, because I I think those maybe didn't get quite as much credit as they deserved because I don't know about you, but I'm pumped about the SRS, uh, S self charging. Oh my gosh. I get all these acronyms mixed up. The 320, 
the Delta Point. We've got just a couple to play with, so no worries. It's the uh, the SCS, the Solar Charging Series. There we go, and we're starting to get a little bit of that feedback again. Uh, I'm not sure if it's Let's see. on my end, but yeah, the SCS 320, which is a Delta Point Pro footprint. We have the SCRS, the Solar Charging Rifle Sight, which is a 509 footprint, but a little you know basically a red dot type sight, which I think will be really cool for offset. Yep. I'm planning on putting one on a shotgun, uh, all sorts of cool stuff there. And then the 507 comp, which I'm excited about. And speaking of 507 comps, is it just me or is it true that you're actually going to give one away to a lucky viewer? <laughs> this will be the, the first time we're going to do this because, uh, you know, I think the demand for the 507 competition is just through the roof right now. Everybody's super excited about this. So, um, but yeah, we are going to be giving away one lucky winner is going to be winning one of the first uh, optics to come out of the production. Uh, we're expecting these to be, you know, kind of around the March timeframe. Uh, so it's going to be pretty soon. So if you win one of these, you won't have to wait too long to put one of these on your awesome uh, open, you know, cool staccato pistol that you have. So, <laughs> yeah. And as soon as I get mine, guys, I know one of the questions right away is how does it compare size-wise? How does it compare durability? Because we did get a couple of questions to our QA ahead of time. Uh, we did promote this and we allowed people to send in some emails, which uh, speaking of which, if you want to see your question get on any of our QA shows, you can send us an email to the QA at gunsandtactics.com. That email address is shown on the screen. And at the end of the month, which coming up Monday is going to be our live QA. But if you had any questions about this or anything firearms related, you can go ahead and send an email to that address shown on the screen. But couple of people were asking, how does it compare in size, durability, all that stuff? And I think uh, maybe we'll just start with the 507 comp, but I think it probably compares mostly in the market to the Delta Point Pro, the SRO, and now the comp. Uh, and, you know, as far as competition style optics, and I'm going to let you kind of take it away. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, you know, the market's pretty only much had the, like those three that you mentioned, you know, the SRO, that Delta Point Pro. Uh, and it's just kind of, kind of been one of those things where I think, you know, uh, offering a really large windowed optic, uh, there's always going to be some design issues around that uh, with, you know, trying to make sure that you have the most durable optic as possible with it. But I think we've come up with a really clever design and, uh, you know, just really maximizing the window size on this. I mean, this window size is nearly the same size as our AIMS rifle sights. So, I mean, it is an incredibly huge window. Uh, and the cool thing about this one, too, is that because this, um, you know, we have kind of this leaned back front lens here, holster compatibility and stuff like that is super easy. Uh, you don't have to channel out any of the hoods or anything like that. It's not super outside the box to where it's, you know, compatibility issues are going to be difficult. Uh, we're still working on kind of testing all the fitment and stuff like that. But so far, we haven't found a lot of issues with fitting them and most common holsters people are running. And I think the thing for me that's got me the most excited about this is like, yes, it's a big windowed optic. There's not uh, an incredible amount of, <laughs> you know, uh, interesting thing. It's just, it is a big window, but the cool thing is we have a new competition reticle system uh, that we've built into this as well, you know, just really theming this off of uh, the competition side of things, taking feedback from pro shooters. And basically what they came up with is we're going to have a two MOA dot uh, to start with, and then you're going to have an eight MOA ring, a 20 MOA ring, and a 32 MOA ring. And so you have a lot of options you can play with in between there. Uh, and one of the cool things is, you know, if, if you have a, a stage where there's a lot of poppers at 25, very small, you know, eight inch plates. You can run that two MOA dot on that stage. Maybe the next stage, everything is 10 yards and in, super close up stuff. Easily just switch that over to the eight MOA. You can speed through the course. Uh, and so there's just a lot of options for people to play with to see which, you know, reticles they like the most. And I think, you know, going forward, I cannot wait to get these on my pistols because, uh, yeah, I just think it's going to be one of those really, really cool setups. Uh, and I, I'm definitely looking forward to running them. So I can't wait to get these on the market for everybody, honestly. Like these, 
the competition optic by far is one of the one that I'm most excited about for this year. And uh, I think that market reaction, once everybody gets their hands on them, is going to be pretty, <laughs> pretty awesome. So, yeah, I agree. And I do got to give a shout out uh, to my friend, Scott, Le- uh, Scott Jedlinski. He goes by Jedi yep. modern samurai project. Uh, he has one and he posted a quick video the other day, just kind of doing a little bit of testing, you know, racking it off of a bench and racking it off of a, uh, you know, a shooting stand or whatever, just to kind of show the durability that the dot still was on and, you know, didn't lose power, didn't lose any thing like that. Because sometimes with some of the optics out there, uh, if you drop them, if you hit them, whatever the battery contacts, you know, they lose contact, they can turn off. And I'm going to plan on doing some testing when I get uh, a sample as well. You know, as far as return to zero, holding zero, uh, both, Scott and I teach red dot handgun classes. However, Scott is like the Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, OG of handgun red dots. And then I would put up. Yeah, there I definitely knows his stuff and he's a, he's a wizard for sure. Yeah. I love learning from him. Uh, I've, I'm a student of his as well. And uh, I have mad respect for him. Uh, and I'm proud to be able to call him a, a friend. Like we were able to hang out a couple times now and he's definitely a cool dude that knows his stuff and happy to share knowledge. So if you guys haven't checked him out, if you're looking for quality training, definitely want to give a shout out to him. Uh, before we, uh, get too far into the weeds on the, some of the other specs on the 507 comp, I just want to do a quick check in on the comments that we're getting in. And, uh, we do have some comments about the SCS 320. So we'll get to that here in just a little bit. And as far as the 507 comp, I did have one question on email that I wanted to make sure we get to as well as, uh, as well as the comments. So with the 507 comp, uh, when is the scheduled release date? And do you guys anticipate that there's going to be shortages? That's part one of the question. I mean, shortages is a tough answer. I mean, realistically, it's trying to keep up with the demand. Uh, and the demand is, you know, uh, kind of through the roof for some of these new products that we have. I think realistically, we're going to have a very, very large uh, initial batch. So we're trying to cover as much of those as we can. Um, but we're looking at a timeline of hopefully around production going in for March. Uh, so it shouldn't be too much longer for us to get these out in the market for you guys. But uh, we're definitely going to try to kick as many out as we can. This is a little bit easier to uh, build than, you know, some of our other sites like the EPS series. Uh, and so you should expect to see a lot more of these in the marketplace because we know the demand for this is through the roof and everybody loves these big windowed optics. And uh, so, yeah, we're, we're definitely going to have a lot of production for this uh, initial batch. Awesome. And I know the thing that I'm excited about is that the big window, like we talked about, but it doesn't have, doesn't have that forward facing or that forward hanging ledge holster compatibility is going to be huge. Uh yeah, the- yeah, I know it's one of those things where it seems like such a small design aspect, but, you know, just <laughs> keeping it a little closer to the lens, um, you know, and so a lot of the concerns were, well, you know, that hood's there, so it helps with uh, sun and bright days and stuff like that. But so far in the testing and feedback that we've got from the shooters, uh, it hasn't really had any impact on them. They're not noticing any issues on those bright days where, you know, that sun's right in the lens. Uh, and so, so far it's been, you know, a pretty good design choice for us. And I think that the holster compatibility side of it for me is just a big one. Cause you know, if you have a holster set up and you got your gun already set up, it's just such a pain to go swapping. And so this just kind of makes it a little more simpler for the, uh, you know, streamlining that process. Yeah. And one of the other cool things that we maybe haven't talked about is that it takes, uh, it's RMR footprint. So it'll mount on any gun Correct, that yes. is milled for an RMR or the adapter plates. So RMR SROs, uh, 508s, 507, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, that RMR footprint on those full-size pistols is is pretty big these days. You know, you see it all over the place on the marketplace. So we just want to make something that's, you know, standard, compatible with everything you guys are already running. Uh, no need for new <laughs> new footprints in the industry. I think we can all agree on that. Uh, so, you know, definitely a pretty cool option. Yeah. And then uh, Kua Designs, their second part of their question was, uh, the 507 Comp, obviously it's a titanium body, but uh, how does it compare durability to some of your other products? Um, so the comp actually is going to be an aluminum body, uh, so it's a 7075. 
This is why we're doing uh, this, right? <laughs> and durability-wise, uh, you know, you're getting pretty much the same performance you would expect out of a 507C. Uh, we're just increasing that size. You know, we're going to have to run some more tests and get put it through its paces and let people get it out there in the marketplace and play with it some more. But, uh, you know, like you said from uh, Jedi's video where he was racking it off of, you know, the metal uh, on the side of the gun stands and stuff like that, uh, you know, durability is there. I don't think it's going to be super big concern for a lot of people. Um, you know, we're not exactly pitching this as like your next duty optic. You know, this is very competition focused. And I think the competition mindset understands that, you you know, some of the gear, uh, you might need to uh, be a little more gentle with it, but I really don't think that's going to be the case with this one, uh, especially, you know, just how rugged and durable this housing is. And that Jedi video, like you were talking about, uh, definitely highlights that point. You know, he's slamming it off there and you're barely even, uh, there's like not even anodizing that's off the housing. So I think it's a, a definitely a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool build. Well, just you wait till I get mine because I won't be nice to it. <laughs> well, I mean, I, that's that's the whole point. You know, we want to get testing and feedback from people and try to always improve on optics. You know, this is the first time we're we're getting into the competition side of things with such a large window like this. And so I think we're going to knock it out of the park. And I just, you know, we'll, we'll see how things go. But I, I don't expect any issues with durability on these. Yeah. And then the MSRP on the 507 Comp. Sorry, one more time. MSRP on the 507 Comp. Got a couple comments about asking about pricing. Yeah, so uh, we're looking at about around four hundred dollars on the high end, and I think it's about thirty dollars less than that for the uh, the standard MRS uh, for red and green colors, respectively. So or CRS, I should say. Um, okay. So right around that four hundred dollar price point. Nice, excellent. Uh, now speaking of other handgun optics that you guys came out with at Shot Show, so we uh, switched to the three twenty because I got a couple comments in here about people wanting an enclosed emitter in the SCS. Well, boom, delivered. Yeah, I mean, it's been one of those requests. As soon as we came out with the Glock version of this, uh, man, the request for, hey, we love this, but we would love for it to be enclosed. Why can't you guys do that? Uh, and really, it comes down to screw placement. A lot of the times when you're trying to design these uh, these optics that are specifically cut for, you know, very uh, certain slides, uh, a lot of the times the screw placement kind of dictates where you can and can't put the lens. Uh, and especially with the MOS series, uh, those screws are so far forward, there's really not enough space to put an enclosed lens system. Uh, so, and going to the new uh, SES 320 we have here, uh, this works off of the Delta Point Pro footprint, which is quite longer. Uh, and that allows us to have the screw placement, you know, pretty far back and that gives us enough space to be able to run you know an enclosed housing with this so this is the first enclosed housing for the scs series who knows what the future will hold with more of these you know it just kind of depends on the footprint of the gun that we're cutting these for uh, and a lot of times it's really that screw placement that gets you for not being able to do enclosed options we would love to do more enclosed options i think that's kind of going to be obviously the future of optics as we move forward but uh, you got to get pretty creative for ways to solve that top-down screw issue unless you uh you end up going back to like a 509T style mount where you'd have that cross lug design, but that increases the height. So, you know, always give and take with certain optics and setups. No, that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. Now, uh, other comments that are coming in, uh, basically people asking when is the SCS coming to other platforms? So what platforms do you guys offer an SCS optic for now? Obviously we have the Glock one we talked about, but uh, yeah. Yeah, so we have the Glock MOS. Uh, the most recent release would be the Smith & Wesson MMP 2.0s. Uh, and then roughly after that, we would have the Walther PDP that's coming. Um, we're going to have the uh, the VP9 that's going to be coming. And then we'll have the SES for the 320s as well. So uh, kind of filling out that profile. I mean, you know, we're always open to taking in feedback and listening to what you guys want for the next option for it. Um, I think a lot of people have been requesting some K-footprint style stuff for some of those subcompact guns. Um, so that, that may be in the docket. Um, but, you know, we're just kind of looking at what guns are most popular in the marketplace and going, okay, can we make something that works for this and uh, kind of running with it? I think the most recent one that I was really excited about, aside from this enclosed version, uh, is the Walther PDP one. Uh, I 
I live in California, so it's a little hard for me to get cool handguns, and the PDP is definitely on that list of ones that I would love to get a hold of. Uh, but man, we match the slide serrations and everything so well on that one. It just looks awesome. But, uh, you know, going back to the the, uh, the 320, you know, that kind of covers most of the platforms out there for, uh, you know, the Delta Point Pro footprints for your Staccatos, your, your uh, P320s. Um, so this one kind of fits quite a few different guns. It's not exactly necessarily like, hey, you have to put this on a 320 uh, versus some of the other ones where like, you know, that Walther, that PDP that has to go on a PDP 2.0 or, you know, the DP9s has to go on the optics ready ones. This one, you know, you have a little more playability with it. No, that makes sense. Uh, and yeah, you kind of addressed it there because I have a couple comments here. This one is from uh, Stannis. What about the SES for the 43X? And you kind of talked about that might be, uh, if, you know, for the right. future. Yeah, that 43X is that, that RMSC footprint. So, you know, maybe we'll come up with something that can kind of work with that. Uh, so there's like not a plate system involved, um, you know, but definitely got something. Uh, there's been a lot of requests for that one. So I'm, I'm hopefully we'll come up with something for that. Sure. This one's from Big Purple. Are you aware of any plans for a rear backup site incorporated into the SCS 320? Uh, basically, you know, a lot of the guys who, the, and the thing uh, that you guys uh, maybe, I feel like we covered it, but the SCS 320 is Delta Point Pro footprint. So it's not only going to fit 320 milled slides, but it will fit right. you know, some staccatos and some other aftermarket slides too. Yeah, and that's kind of why the design has to not necessarily go with that rear uh, sight setup. I mean, I know some of the SIG pistols, when you put on an optic, you are removing that rear sight, and you got to kind of get plate setups to work with that. Um, but realistically, you know, we're trying to design it for more of a, a wider spread of the Delta Point Pro footprint options, like the staccatos, like you were saying. Uh, and so, yeah, if we were to build something in there, it's just kind of like, you know, would it get used? This is going to work for every build. Does it increase the length? I um, mean, a lot of variables. So we're just trying to kind of make it as streamlined as possible for as many platforms as possible with this, at least with this release. And who knows? We might come out with more variations of these as time goes on um you know the sig pistols are obviously very popular the staccatos are very popular uh, and so you know having maybe dedicated options in the future is a possibility but i think for now just kind of testing out the you know enclosed versions of these and getting them out in the marketplace is the first step with this no yeah that definitely makes sense definitely makes sense good question uh big purple and thank you for your answer let me just uh cruise through the comments make sure we got everything else uh and, and yes. uh, i mean the, the serrations on these 320s look so great on the staccatos by the way i saw one recently and i was just like woo. Can't wait. <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to, you know, be like a beggar here, but just saying, I got a few staccatos laying around that. Uh, you know. <laughs> no, I do have a sample for you. Like, it's not this one, but I got a couple extra. So don't worry, you're going to get one to play around with. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I feel like a beggar. Every time I talk to Josh, I was like, you have? And because, I mean, let's face it, guys, they are coming out with some really cool stuff. And, and for those of you guys that are longtime viewers, uh, because I can only see in the future a comment might come out saying, well, Dave, I remember when you used to say, like, don't buy a Holosun or Halo, Holo, whatever, Holosun. Uh, <laughs> and I will admit, and I've admitted this in my review videos, that when the very first Holosun that I saw was a 507C, I was kind of on the fence. And uh, then I started running the 508s, the 509s, uh, the SCS the 507Ks, and now my the EPS are probably my favorites. Uh, I, I've admitted in my reviews that I have to eat crow because it is such a wonderful line of products that they really have impressed me. And in fact, it's it's generally, and I'm not just saying this because you're here, Josh, uh, students that maybe are watching can attest, you know, in this in the comments that I generally run mostly Holosun. Uh, now I'm confused, but uh, optics because... <laughs> They're durable, they hold up well, they're priced well. And that's not to say that I haven't, you know, killed them because I've killed everything. I've had to send all of the big brands, including some years back, but um, overall yours hold up really well and I'm super impressed with the innovation. That's the big thing. 
Yeah, I definitely appreciate that. I think over the years, you know, we, we started out very, very small with a couple of products and, you know, kind of created our uh, legacy, if you will, of, you know, really durable options uh, at a really good price point. And I think throughout the years, we've really maintained that, uh, you know, trying to bring the best optics we can at an affordable price point to the masses. And uh, so far, all the products in the lineup have just really checked all those boxes. And every time we make something new, it's uh, it's really exciting for the marketplace because it's just a lot more options, you know, and I think that that's what people are looking for is just, you know, not a one one fit all solution for all these guns, and nobody has just one handgun. So it's like you know, you have plenty of options if you if you want to run <laughs> sites. So yes, very true. Uh, speaking of red dots, I have one more question that came in via email from Kevin, who uh, is one of our top patrons. So thank you to Kevin. Uh, he uh, asks, can you ask Holosun about the Vulcan reticle? How was it developed, and which models will have that reticle option? Because I believe that is an exclusive to primary arms. Correct. That is correct. Yeah. So the way that the Vulcan reticle system works, and we get this question a ton, um, you know, is basically uh, primary arms. We work very closely with them. We're good friends with those guys over there. Um, and one of the things is, you know, if they have this reticle system, the Vulcan. They contacted us and said, hey, we would love to make this and put this in one of your housings. Okay, no problem. So we basically manufacture it for them to the specs that they ask us for. And that's kind of the gist of how the Vulcan system works. Uh, from there, it's entirely a primary arms thing. You know, we don't uh, you know, do the marketing for that or any of the warranty kind of stuff. It's all on primary arms. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Vulcan reticle system for any new versions of that, we just came out with the, uh, the K version. Uh, that's got the three MOA dot and a little bit of different options in there. Uh, but, you know, it kind of really just depends on primary arms and, you know, uh, people much higher than myself and the company sitting down at the table and talking about what new products they want to come out with and, you know, collaborating and doing those deals. But at the end of the day, it's kind of a primary arms initiative and we're, uh, you know, super happy to work together with them and create some really cool products. I think people really love that ACSS. I see a lot of buzz about that online. Uh, you know, for me personally, I'm more of a dot guy myself. I think the Chevron is cool. I totally get the appeal of it and the, uh, the training aid with the ring system, very awesome. Totally understand that. I think if I was uh, getting into shooting and I didn't know a lot about what I was doing, an awesome training aid. Uh, I think, you know, I've kind of gotten to a point now where I don't struggle as much to find that dot on that draw stroke. So for me, it doesn't have, uh, you know, as much of an appeal, but I definitely see why people love the ACSS. So that's kind of the gist of how that whole system works. Nice. And uh, I, I totally agree. As a training aid, especially one of, so in my classes, uh, shameless plug, I, I talk about the three top struggles for handgun red dots. Number one is finding the dot. Number two is uh, tracking the dot. So they you know, have to find it after recoil. And then number three is reducing dot movement. And in my classes, as well as many others, we talk about those those three struggles. And what's cool with the Vulcan, uh, for those of you guys that aren't familiar, it has this huge ring but that ring is basically only available when you're tipping the optic. When you're just looking through and everything's aligned, you just see a center sh uh, chevron, but it allows you to kind of find the reticle earlier uh, versus just having the dot because you don't really find the dot until you're just about at the end of your presentation. There's uh, what a term that I came up with is called the funnel of visibility. And basically when the firearm's at full extension, if we pictured a funnel that gets narrower, uh, there's only kind of a sweet spot where we can see the dot. So the Vulcan reticle kind of helps with that. Uh, yeah, I think it's one of those. Oh, sorry, Go ahead, uh, sorry. like a really good training aid for kind of diagnosing your own issues at home as well too. As you're practicing draw strokes, you know, if you're mm -hmm. constantly coming in, and you're seeing that line at the top of the twelve. Okay, I got to start working on some different things. So it's a cool diagnostics tool. But I think you know, at the end of the day, uh, nothing beats live fire and uh, getting out there and actually putting some reps down range because tracking that dot through recoils. You know, like you said, it's one of those things you got to spend some time doing. So absolutely. Uh, quick question here from Scott: uh, Can you verify that the SCS MP 2.0 will fit the 10 millimeter version. It's not listed on the website. Yeah. 
So, I mean, technically speaking, it will fit on the 10 millimeter version. You're going to have a little bit of slide, I guess. This optic's going to sit within the slide because the slide is a lot thicker to accommodate that 10 mil round. Uh, it will fit on there. We have seen pictures of it and it works just fine. Um, but I don't know that I would necessarily recommend it. Um, but it is one of those things. It, it will fit on there, not a problem. So, uh, but I, it's 10 mils, 10 mils kind of a beastly round. So definitely, uh, Make sure you get your Loctite on there. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is another one from Happy Happy Joy Joy. We want a red dot for the 43X without plates. So, uh, yeah, talking about that micro mount, I agree. I think we all do. I think we all do. Yeah, I think uh, for me it's one of those things where, you know, uh, <laughs> these standards get produced for footprints and stuff like that. And it's uh, Glock's obviously gone with the RMSC for that footprint. Uh, and, you know, we have the K footprint that we use, which is a slightly modified version of that. And so it's just kind of the these two standards that are trying to meet to get something produced. But I, we definitely hear you guys. We know the Glock 43X is exceptionally popular. Uh, and so getting something that would, doesn't use plates, for sure, we hear you guys on that one. Yeah, and I just got to give a quick shout out. Jill is checking in. Jill and Ben, I know we're watching also from Minnesota. I just got to say hello to them. Appreciate you guys uh, checking in with the live stream. Uh, and let's see here. Uh, I think we're just about caught up on comments. Uh, now, Carl, this is a controversial one. What is the best reticle for concealed carry? I I don't know about you, but man, like I can go through the pros and cons of like the dot versus the, you know, halo, but you're the special guest. I mean, yeah, for me, I kind of just, uh, I guess I, I distill it into like more of a competition mindset and I go, okay, well, uh, if the goal is to shoot fast and as accurately as possible, as close up as possible, who does that the best? Well, competition shooters are always uh, the guys doing that the fastest as possible. So what kind of dots do they usually run? Um, traditionally, it's kind of bigger dots, that six, that eight MOA, uh, sometimes even bigger than that. Uh, some guys prefer a much smaller dot, but most of the guys that uh, at least I've seen and learned a little bit of information from, you know, going fast means acquiring the dot faster, which means possibly a bigger dot. So for me personally, uh, you know, any kind of concealed carry weapon situation like that, I'm not planning on taking, you know, 50 to 100 yard shots. It's not my blinking gun when I'm at the range. So probably going to prefer myself to drop into that six MOA dot range. Uh, if I want to just run a dot, I think the MRS reticle, honestly, is pretty dang good for anything close up. Uh, if you do end up having a two MOA, then you can just turn it off when you want to go blink at 100 yards, something with your friends. Uh, but I probably would fall into the six MOA dot category myself personally. I think the six is a great balance of speed and precision for anything under 25. Nice. And uh, my personal preference is your MRS or your multi-reticle system. And yeah. uh, my thoughts are, is that if I want to run just the dot only to have kind of a clean, you know, sight picture, you have the dot. And I kind of liked anywhere from that two to four MOA for me, it gives me a small enough dot at distance, a big enough to find it. But the really cool thing that I like about the multi-reticle system is that uh, when I shoot night vision, I switch it to the halo dot and then I have more contrast because under night vision, a single dot and my friend's laser look pretty close and sometimes gotcha. it's easy yep. to get confused uh, or even, you know, other stuff in there. So that's why I love your multi reticle system, especially for night vision, because it gives me an option. And then the other cool thing with the uh, multi reticle system is that I've had a few colorblind students in my classes and uh, some of them have noticed that the dot, while they can see it, it's brighter. Uh, they can mm -hmm. definitely tell where it is. Once they get like one shooter described it as the top gun reticle, uh, it immediately had more contrast for him and for his eyes being colorblind, he was able to see that larger ring with the dot and have everything nice in contrast. So he knew exactly what it was, making sure it wasn't a reflection, a glint of the sun or something weird, uh, because of his particular colorblind issue. And that's the other cool thing with Holosun. 
you guys offer green, red, and it gives different people like different, uh, you know, colorblind levels or whatever. I've given some people a green 508 and they were like, man, I see this way better. And that's the cool thing. That's again, that's what I love about the innovation with Holosun. And uh, not just saying this because Josh is here. Other people can attest. I've said this before. All right, let's. Uh, no, I think that's it's it's very true though. You know, offering those multiple color options. You know, it's one of those things where we get tons of phone calls and questions all the time. Like, hey, uh, I looked at one of your green dots and it doesn't look that good. Like, hey, check out a red dot. And you're like, oh yeah, that one looks great to me. And like, we are completely opposites of that. Uh, and you know, the unique things. Everybody's eye is a little bit different, uh, especially when it comes to astigmatisms, all that kinds of stuff. And so, you know, it's just trying to offer more options for people to be able to get you know something that works for them that's usable and. Uh, kind of be keeping in that same thought process. Um, you know, we, we're working on possibly doing some gold options now for pistol dots. I don't know exactly where that is in the time scale, but we did see some samples at SHOT Show that people were checking out. Uh, so, you know, you might see a 519 with a gold option inside there and you're kind of thinking like, why gold? And it's like, well, you can be red colorblind, you can be uh, green colorblind, but you can't really be colorblind to the yellow spectrum as much. Uh, so it just provides those people that do have, you know, even more uh, eyesight issues, you have another option. And so uh, we'll see how that goes as far as if people pick up on that or if they like that option. We've had that in the rifle sites for a little bit and it's kind of like been a little bit hit or miss, but I think it's one of those things where just offering more options for people because, you know, like you said, everyone's eyes are a little bit different. They pick things up depending upon what reticle and color and stuff. And so it's just a yeah, it's always a tricky one to kind of figure out for people because, man, if we could figure out a site that works for everybody's astigmatism, we'd be, yeah, we'd be in the money at that point for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, for those of you guys just joining us, again, this is the Guns and Tactics live stream. We have special guest Josh from Holosun Optics joining us. My name is Dave from Guns and Tactics. You can check us out online. And you can also search online for Holosun Optics. You can see all their cool products, rifle, handgun. They have lasers. They have lights just continuing to grow and innovate and doing some really cool stuff in the industry. So super happy to uh, to have you on the show again. Uh, a couple other questions, then we'll maybe move on to the uh, SCRS, and then we'll talk about the thermal and the night vision stuff. Uh, yeah. I'm going to try to you know, keep it about an hour. I appreciate your time. Yeah, uh, of course. Quick, quick question here from View at Your Own Risk. Uh, has Holosun ever considered doing a long gun light laser that uses remote batteries to reduce the swing uh, weight? So basically having like a... A battery pack that would maybe be further back i'm not aware of anybody doing that are you yeah i mean i don't really think i've ever seen uh any kind of like a hey let's shrink the overall device because we don't want to worry about you know like shrink the overall package at the end of the gun i guess so you don't have to worry about the batteries being in there because they're in another spot um yeah i don't know i mean a very interesting concept i don't think that it's ever been like really considered um probably I mean, looking at like kind of our new DRS sites, um, you know, the idea of having external battery packs on rifles and stuff like that, I think is maybe not going to be such a weird thing to see. And so maybe some people will come up with some solutions for that. Um, but yeah, very interesting concept. I mean, uh, you know, you could definitely reduce the housing size quite a bit if you don't have to stuff a giant 18650 inside of there. Uh, so yeah, maybe doing something with an external battery pack would be pretty cool. So who knows? Who knows what the future holds on that kind of stuff? So speaking of night vision, uh, this is from... Uh comment here does holosun have any plans to come out with any night vision devices and do they ever plan on releasing full power lasers to the public well you kind of teased that 421 but unfortunately the full power thing you got to talk to the fda about that yep yeah the good old food drug administration uh, has some things to say about full power lasers and they are not super keen on people having access to those uh, <laughs> and so uh you know there are some new emerging technologies with uh, i want to say it's like vscel or something along those yeah. lines yep. Vexel uh, with lasers. more yeah yeah so and hopefully we'll see some some more concepts with that as we get developed with it um you know and see maybe some new technologies that allow people to have access to a little more uh, higher end stuff in these kind of uh, you know pack boxes but 
yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's kind of, like you said, it's a little difficult just because the FDA says no on those. Um, what was the other part of the question? The, oh, oh, night vision devices. Yeah. I mean, we do have our first, you know, entry into that, that foray with the uh, DRS systems. Um, and, you know, who knows what the future holds as far as, you know, maybe it's a handheld, maybe it's a, a monocle. I don't know. I mean, realistically, this is our first uh, attempt with the technology and kind of getting things integrated and working together. Um, but I think it's only going to grow from there. And as we see the demand from the users and the requests and feedback that comes up the chain, you know, we always listen to what you guys are saying and we take the feedback very seriously and we always integrate that into the products. And so, you know, if the demand is there and you guys really want something that solves that purpose, then I'm sure we can definitely come up with some solutions because the technology is only getting better as we go with the new digital stuff. And, you know, who knows what the future holds on that side of things. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm trying to, uh, maybe we should just talk, well, let's talk about the SCRS here quick too. And I'm going to throw okay, a quick yeah. uh, picture just so you guys can see, hopefully this works. Um, but here's a quick picture that's uh, you guys can see it. It's basically a small little red dot, but it uses a 509 footprint, but it's not meant for handguns, but all the mounts are out there. And it's uh, basically the super small compact, um, you know, option or whatever. That's it's it's pretty, pretty cool. Um, let me switch back to our split screen here, but I think I lost you here. I got to add you back. There we go. Uh, oh. <laughs> So I think that's a pretty cool little enclosed site that's going to be meant for, you know, like we, we talked about offset rifle dots are kind of popular right yep. now, piggybacks, uh, shotguns, things like that. So I think that's going to be a pretty cool product. I'll let you kind of share uh, with the, our audience a little bit more about that. Yeah, I think the, uh, I mean, you covered a lot of the bases there. I mean, the SCRS is exactly, you know, what you would want in a small micro dot without having to worry about the battery system. Basically, you know, we're taking the solar charging technology and we're putting it into a micro site now. And uh, basically you're going to get, you know, roughly a 20,000 hour gas tank. I kind of explained to people that the way that the solar system works in this is it's got a battery that's built in internally and the battery has a 20,000 hour lifespan. So anytime that you're using the optic in darkness or anywhere that there's no light, you're draining that 20,000 hour gas tank. But as soon as you put this into sunlight or even the ambient light in the studio here, it's going to start topping up that gas tank. So you have 20,000 hours to go. Uh, so realistically speaking, you know, these things are, uh, in my opinion, if you take your rifle outside and shoot with it ever, uh, you're probably not going to have to ever worry about batteries with this. And I think for an offset solution or, you know, PCCs, stuff like that, really small uh, footprint areas, it's just going to be a great option. This is a little bit different than our normal solar charging sites and the fact that you do have manual button adjustment control. So it is not just auto only, um, but it does have both of those auto sensors, the forward facing as well as the uh, the panel on top to help it you know, read some of the light that's coming in if you kick on a bright flashlight in front of it, so to speak. Um, but yeah, just realistically, it is an awesome little site and I can't wait to get one of these. I'm going to put it on my 12 o'clock uh, above my scope on my rifle. I think it's just going to be a really, really cool setup with this. And like you said, it it's on that 509T footprint. So the first thing I think a lot of people think is, oh, well, it's a 509T footprint. I'll throw it on my pistol. Um, but this is more so rated for, you know, rifle style use, those pistols and recoil and the mass reciprocating. There's a lot of energy going on there. And these just aren't necessarily built for that type of standard. Uh, but with these ones, you know, there's a lot of aftermarket support for 509T mounts. So we want to just try to keep things simple and not create a whole new standard for people to try to work with. So uh, that's kind of the idea behind the design with it. And it does come included with a, a pretty cool little 163 mount. So I'm, I'm really stoked for these. Yeah, I am too. I can't I think wait to the other thing out. too is the, the, the price point on them. I mean, on the low end for the dot only, you're looking around 270 bucks. On the yeah. high end for, you know, with the multi-reticle system, uh, with the multi-reticle system and, uh, you know, the mount and everything like that, maybe like 350 somewhere in that range. So just a really, really cool option for this uh, size package. Yeah. 
Uh, and a quick uh, question here from Scott, since we were talking about the uh, M&P 2.0 for the 10 mil, uh, if the if it doesn't necessarily you know recommend, what would you recommend? Obvi and I would just chime in with getting uh, like an RMR plate and then going with like a 508, or if you wanted uh, a 509, you know I think those would be really solid options and they would hold up really well on the 10 millimeter beast. Josh, anything to add on that topic? Yeah. Yeah, that's probably what I would recommend as well too. The 509 is going to hold up just fine for that. Um, you know, it's just we. I don't know that we've necessarily put a lot of the SCS on the 10 mils to really, uh, you know, put it through its paces on there. But we've heard people running the MOS um, for the uh, the Glocks on the MOS version and haven't had any issues. So I think you should be all right with it. I mean, uh, those those SCS sites are pretty dang durable. So yeah. Awesome. A uh, couple quick shout outs from some local viewers. Tyler is uh, checking in saying this is great. Vandeputty555. Uh, I believe I know who that is. I don't want to say your first name in case you don't want to, but I believe you're a local viewer. So awesome to see you here as well. And then uh, a couple other questions. Uh, oh my gosh. Now we're starting to, <laughs> now we're starting to get a little, little thick in the weeds here. If you're new here, everyone Dave does is 100. Now, when you're saying everyone I do, you know I'm a married man here. I'm hoping that's a typo <laughs> here if you at your if you at your own risk. My wife might be watching this. All right. Uh, let's see here. Lots of good info. Thank you. I'd love to see Holosun come out with an IR laser and light for pistol. Maybe we should talk about that. Uh, we have one. It's called the PID Dual. Uh, we're going to be shipping a lot more of those here relatively soon. I think we've had a couple uh, small batches get out on the market so far. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, basically the PID Dual is exactly what you're asking for. You're going to get a, uh, I think it's around 800 lumen white light. Uh, you have a visible laser and an IR laser. So all three options to play with. And it comes in a relatively uh, small form factor. I think a lot of times when you get those pistol lasers that have uh, you know multiple lasers on there, the size and footprint gets a little out of control from some of the other ones I've seen. So this one's actually uh, pretty compact for what you're getting at. So. Yeah. And I have a PID, uh, do, uh, I, I always forget all the models. What's the one with the green laser? <laughs> the plus the plus. So I have a PID plus and I've put it on a PCC as well as a handgun. But, uh, what I liked about the PCC and what, what Josh was saying, I don't know if you have one to show quick. I mine's on a gun and I can't show. Uh, yeah, I do. I think I'm going to grab it real fast. Okay. So, but for those of you guys, uh, that are wondering, the the PID, the laser is in the light module. So in the reflector of the light, there's like a little spot for the laser. And what's cool is that it doesn't add to it. Like with some of the other brands out there, you have a little hump on the bottom that um, has basically yeah. the, the laser. And then if you have a holster that doesn't have that little ridge for that bump on the bottom for the laser, it won't work. Whereas the, the Holosun PIDs, it's really cool because you have the laser in the light reflector. So, and on a PCC right. that, that I was shooting, uh, the laser was awesome. It's nice, low profile footprint. And then with the, uh, the, the dual with the, you know, dual function, uh, IR and vis laser, I think it's going to be just even better here. So, uh, I, I got you back on screen here. Um, looks like you're back. I'm going to yeah. switch just to you here so you can kind of show that off. Yeah. So this is the, uh, the dual unit that we have. Uh, and so basically you have uh, firing buttons on the top here for white light, and then you're going to have a different set of buttons on the bottom here for, uh, the laser trap door in the bottom for your battery and like he was saying the uh, the lasers are mounted inside the housing inside the bezel uh so you like you don't have any of those huge boxes and stuff hanging off so this is our standard pid it's about x300 size footprint uh, for holsters and you can see we're not adding too much uh bulk and capacity really to the overall unit for you know the added features of ir and vis lasers so pretty cool units absolutely uh, another comment here from paul hey paul thank you guys so much for checking in man paul is a great guy out of the iowa uh, area super good dude we've uh, shot on the line together at classes 
Uh, just an amazing, amazing guy, an amazing shooter. So thanks, Paul, for checking in. And uh, his question is one that probably should be addressed. Has the SCRS been tested for handling recoil on the pistol? It may not be designed for it, but if it fits to the mount, you know someone's going to do it if it fits at chips. Yeah. <laughs> so it's one of those things where um, I don't know that we've necessarily thrown it on one of the dies and tested it uh, to be 100% sure on that. Uh, I can definitely inquire more about it. But as far as I know, it's kind of just like, a, hey, we don't recommend it for this this use case. Uh, I know people are going to do it immediately. I mean, I did a, a video <laughs> with uh, Roger from QVO during SHOT Show, and he immediately was like, I'm going to put it on there. You know I'm going to. Uh, so, you know, I think it's one of those things where uh, I wouldn't recommend it. We don't recommend it. Um, but I'm sure we're going to see videos and stuff like that popping up with them on there. But yeah, for the most part, I honestly don't have a uh, sure answer for you on if it is going to be 100% rated for it. Um, but I guess we will find out soon. Yeah, yes, we will. And give a shout out for QVO Tactical. Roger is a super good dude. Uh, I've gotten to become uh, acquaintances. I, you know, I don't like to throw the friend term out there too much, but we've gotten to hang out a little bit. I was teaching a class a couple of months ago in the Vegas area, and we hung out, had dinner and some drinks. And um, super good dude. So I got to give a shout out to Roger. Hey, oh, uh, check him out. He makes yeah. holsters and gear and uh, super good stuff. I have a few QVO holsters that I rock and uh, super good dude. Makes great content as well. So check out his channel. Uh, let's just see where we're doing on questions. I think we're, I think we're doing pretty good on, on questions. Uh, let's, I think it's probably time to start talking about digital night vision and our new products in that regard. Yeah. I mean, my goodness, the buzz at SHOT Show or, um, you know, both of these, the thermals as well as the night vision units were, uh, pretty, uh, pretty incredible. I mean, we definitely expected to have a really good response from this, but the amount of people that stop by to take videos and pictures and just spend a couple of minutes looking through these during the show, um, you know, I think for us, this is one of those things where this is definitely a big step forward in the technological aspects of Verhollow Sun and, and what we're able to provide for the marketplace. And I think, uh, you know, this thermal, you know, fusion overlay system that we have in these is just a really, really cool setup. And I think everybody at the show saw that when they were, you know, panning around the show floor, uh, <laughs> seeing all the little thermal images popping up around. So uh, I, I honestly, we have, uh, you know, quite a ways to go for these. These are going to be you know, closer towards the end of the year, maybe next, early next year uh, for the thermal side of things and a lot more testing and, you know, feedback and stuff we want to get. But as we move through them, my excitement just keeps building and building because uh, I've gotten a lot of chance to play with these now. And my goodness, I, I uh, the other night I was sitting at my house watching planes uh, flying over, uh, coming into land at LAX. And yeah, the thermal capabilities, you can see the entire fuselage and all that stuff. So it was, it was, it's pretty cool, man. These, uh, these sites that we have that we're coming out with, I, I honestly cannot wait. Yeah, I, I'm, I know that the questions from people have just been through the roof. There's a lot of, a lot of nitty gritty technical stuff that people are asking about. So yeah, love and to I'm, see what you guys are interested in. I'm going to try to post a video of looking through it here quick, if I can find it on my yeah. computer, but, um, I have to be a little careful, obviously with the live stream restrictions, we were limited on what we can show and all that stuff, which is kind of a bummer, but, um, uh, let's see here. I don't know if it's going to work or not. So I, I think it's because it's mounted. I I'm a little cautious. I don't want to risk getting a, flame. no, I feel you. Yeah. Yeah. But YouTube is uh, definitely a interesting case study. YouTube. If you're watching, we love you. <laughs> yeah. Right. The, uh, I think one of the things that a lot of people were asking about from the show, or I'm not really sure exactly how this rumor got started, but oh, wait, wait, uh, wait, it's wait, been wait, a lot wait. of talk online. That Spoiler alert. Wait. Are you talking yeah, about 68 yards? Is that the is that the rumor? 
Yeah, this this sixty eight meters, sixty eight yards thing that I don't know where this came from. Um, I don't know. It was either. one of those like, I mean, we were doing demos at the show all the time, and like you can clearly look down the hallway that was easily uh, more than seventy yards uh, and see people. So uh, yeah, but there's this weird rumor popping up online that uh, the sites only work out to like seventy yards or something. Um, and yeah, that is incredibly not true in any regard. Uh, like I said, I was watching planes, uh, you know, flying over my house uh, in the background, uh, or sorry, in the distance with these. I mean, realistic we still need to do more testing with them to tell you exactly, hey, here's uh, what you can expect range-wise. Um, but in the limited testing that I've had, three to five hundred yards, uh, really not struggling too much to see uh, quite a bit of resolution in detail, especially considering the fact that they have 8x digital zoom. Uh, so, you know, for something for a red dot site, I don't know how far uh, people are pushing out their red dot sites these days with uh, magnifiers and stuff like that. I mean, maybe you're hitting out to 600 yards, no problem. But, you know, I think an effective range of somewhere in that 500 yards for a red dot site seems to be pretty reasonable. Uh, and with the setups that we have on these doesn't seem to be a problem whatsoever. So we're hoping to get more videos and show you guys soon as we work through the product cycle and, uh, you know, get these in more field testing and stuff like that. But as it is right now. Uh, yeah, I can easily dispel that rumor and myth that it only works out to that range because that is definitely not the case. It works much, much further. So, No, I agree. And uh, for those of you guys that are kind of new to thermal, so in my prior career, I would use thermal literally on a daily basis. Uh, I worked for a, an agency that was uh, very proactive when it came to equipment, and we had thermal in, in all of our vehicles, and uh, it was really cool. It, I, I don't like to use the term game changer, but for what I was doing, being a, a rural patrol officer, uh, thermal arguably was a game changer. You know, like if you had a car uh, that, you know, peeled away from you and you know it ended up in this parking lot, and now they're ducked down hiding, you could easily use the thermal to see which one's warm, so, you know, where they are. Uh, you could use it to track lost or missing, you know, people, children, or fugitives or whatever. And then also uh, in the drone world, I uh, was a big drone pilot for a while or operator because people don't like calling pilots, you know, but uh, I would use thermal a lot. And for those, uh, and we can kind of get into the weeds on this on another video for those who are interested in, but obviously resolution, uh, micron or the pixel size, as well as the sensitivity are all things that are very important for thermal. And the more resolution, the better. Uh, there's no doubt about that. However, the sensitivity to get your, you know, basically, uh, for lack of a better term, your definition. So that each little micron or each little pixel can tell the difference between temperature. That's where you get more of your definition or your contrast. And when I was looking through the devices at night, uh, particularly at the agency event, uh, I was looking out and you could kind of see, you know, outlines of the mountains and things like that. Uh, the thermal targets obviously popped and obviously like, you know, for the uh, large varmint hunters, hog hunting, things like that. I think that's going to be incredibly popular, but I think it's a really, really innovative design. And uh, I think it's going to be really successful. And what's really cool is that this is just version 1.0. So I can't wait to see what the future holds. Yeah, I think for us, I mean, you know, this is our first foray into this kind of technology and uh, obviously, you know, combining these two uh, systems that everybody loves to use, you know, having thermals, having a red dot site, uh, but putting those two together and having it work in a fashion that makes sense with the overlay feature. You know, I think one of those things is when you're using thermals, a lot of the times you're looking at uh, an OLED screen or the whatever the screen is you're looking at, you're looking at a physical screen. Uh, and so, and it's just like, you know, anybody who plays video games, yeah. if you're using a screen that's got, you know, a very slow refresh rate, 30 frames a second versus a super high-end gaming computer type thing with 144 frames, uh, that's just a lot more information. So as you pan and look for those details and try to, you know, if you're trying to track a pig that's running across a field or something, it can be a little difficult to do with some of those screens because the refresh rate isn't there. But 
when you take that idea and you put it into this system where we have an overlay, uh, your eyes kind of help do a little bit of this work for you where when you're panning, you don't notice that lag quite as much because you do have that overlay feature. And so I think it's just gonna be really cool to see the applications for this in the marketplace. And like you said, hog hunting and uh, you know any of those type of things. And uh, I, it's, it's just a really cool technology. And like you said, this is only gen one. So uh, it's only gonna continue to increasing it better as we go through it. And, and feedback from everybody but i think for this initial uh launch that we had and you know showing everybody these proof of concepts at shot show uh it's pretty incredible technology and i think the fact that we're offering it at a price point that's really not going to break the bank because i mean i think that's the other part of this equation that kind of you know gets left out is you know how good for how much uh and the price point on these really hits are awesome price point for everybody i think on the highest end we're looking at 2300 dollars. on the low end you're looking at around 1600 bucks for the thermals and the night vision is even cheaper than that for about a thousand dollars for those units so uh you know just a yeah. lot of different options at the price points and i think that's going to be really big for the consumers is just hey you know pick and choose what you want and it's not really breaking the bank comparatively to some of these other thermal options out there yeah. And the night vision, uh, hopefully you guys, I got a comment from Curtis saying my mic must've got shifted or something. So hopefully I'm coming through better now. Uh, but the night vision is, and there's two different types of night vision. There's analog where we're actually taking, you know, light and turning it into electrons or whatever and reconverting it. And then there's digital, which is kind of like a super sensitive digital camera. And, and you're using a digital night vision, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our night vision is a digital night vision. Uh, I think if we were trying to uh, stuff some, you know, interesting tube style, you know, analog stuff in there, that would definitely <laughs> incredibly increase the price point. Yeah. But, and the size. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it'd, be a, it'd be a very interesting looking unit. Um, but yeah, these ones are a digital, uh, you know, camera sensor that works like that. There are some added benefits to that system, uh, you know, just because you don't ever have to worry about uh, sunlight directly hitting it or anything like that. It works just like a normal camera. So there's, you know, auto gating, if you will. Um, but yeah, I think the, the night vision side of it too, you know, there's a lot of interesting applications for both of these technologies. Uh, and one of the fun things to do is like with the night vision camera, throwing on pecs and lasers and stuff like that, like it is incredibly <laughs> cool to see, uh, everybody when you're on the line, all of the stuff coming in through the site. So, uh, you know, I think that the night vision application one being at around a thousand dollars, you know, if you're somebody who's got a ranch or some property and you just want to scan out there and look around, it is a really, really cool system for that. And it's, it's really, I mean, you figure in aims is around 400 and 500 bucks. You're adding on night vision capabilities for another 500. I don't know. For me, it just seems like an incredible value for uh, the price point. And the resolution, too, is the big thing is, you know, when you close that front hood and you're getting full pixels and you're seeing everything very clearly, it's uh, it's pretty impressive how actually crisp and clear that bullet image is. So. Yeah. And the cool part, uh, I don't think we've touched on this yet, is that it is it works when you turn that off as a regular red dot. It has glass that you look through yeah. with a regular red dot reticle. But then you yeah, overlay. correct. I mean, it, it yeah. literally is just like, you know, take one of our AIMS optics and you're just kind of strapping a camera to the top of it. So if you're familiar with using an AIMS, you're going to have that same feature set throughout the day for any time you need it. And then, hey, now it's nighttime and I kind of want to see what's over there. Simply just close that cap, flip on the top sensor and you're good to go. But for, you know, the majority of the time, you don't have to run the site in its, you know, night vision setting. The red dot and the camera sensors are completely independent of each other. Uh, and that there's another aspect of that that's really interesting, too, is you do have a red dot site that you can zero. And then there's also a reticle built into the camera that is entirely adjustable as well, too. So you could have two mm -hmm. different zeros for shooting 300 blackouts or your different loads that you're working on, whatever it may be. It just offers you additional advantages um, and you can pick and choose between which ones you want to run. And you can also run this with a magnifier as well, too. So oh, you just cool. you really can increase the capabilities of the entire system, uh, you know, based on what you need. So uh, it's really scalable in that sense. Awesome. And I do have to give a quick shout out to, uh, Tangen. I, I know we talked about this in the last QA and I was pronouncing your name wrong. Uh, but I do have to, uh, thank you very much for sending the 
Super chat. I really do appreciate that. So Tangan, uh, arms out of Minnesota, fellow Minnesotan. I really do appreciate the super chat. Every little bit does help support the channel, guys. So I really do appreciate that. Uh, back to um, the Holosun products. What I also thought was was really interesting is uh, you guys have kind of even changed a little bit because one of the early pictures I saw had the camera mounted below the red dot. And now everything's going to be uh, up top. Is that right? Um, we're kind of still finalizing designs on that. I think that's kind of the direction we might be trending towards. Um, we had a couple of different prototypes at SHOT Show with some low mountain sensors that were kind of on like a riser system. Um, you know, just kind of trying out different design ideas, seeing what works the best. Um, you know, there are some pros and cons to each of them. I think with this one right here, we're hoping we can come up with sort of a modular system where maybe this whole top mount sensor is just a module that you can purchase. So you would just buy the red dot site and figure out which unit you want to have on top of it, or you'd be able to swap it down the road for future upgrades potentially. Um, you know, there's still a lot of very interesting things we're still working out with it towards the end of this year uh, with the release schedule of it. But, you know, I'm thinking that we're probably going to go with a top mounted sensor, um, but we still have some other prototypes we're playing. So, but I'm, I'm pretty sure you're probably on the right track with that one. Yeah. And I think, you know, just when, uh, for those that were wondering, like in case you have a laser or something like that, you know, having that unblocked, um, you know, having it up top, I think would be, would be a benefit. Yeah. So. Yeah, it definitely makes it a little bit easier to clear all of your, uh, you know, back boxes, lasers and grips, all that kind of stuff. And it, there's a there's a little bit more that gets in the way, which I think was why we had that riser system just to kind of raise the whole unit up. And some people like that with that kind of the 193 style mount uh, height, but it kind of just depends on how you like to set up your rifles. Yeah. Uh, and the other cool thing that uh, I think that, again, this is just version 1.0. So I could see this product pairing really well as the PID line develops, as your laser line develops. Um, and now as this line develops, there's, I think this is just going to be the beginning. And that's why I was pretty excited about it. And when I was making my shot show videos, I said, arguably, this was probably the most innovative product I saw because it brings it to a price point that's going to be available for more people. Now I'm not going to lie. $2,300 is not cheap. Okay. That's still a yep. good chunk of money. Um, I mean, what, that's like five Glocks, you know? So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, it's one of those things where if you're that type of person that's like, hey, I'm looking into thermals, I'm looking into playing more in this uh, this side of things, and I just kind of want to have some stuff that I can I can start learning, I guess you would say, um, you know, this definitely doesn't break the bank because some of the other options in the marketplace, you know, it's you are looking at some steep price tags to even remotely try to play around in that yeah. uh, that spectrum. So it's definitely a little bit of a, uh, a jump as far as those prices go. But I think this is going to be great for a lot of the consumer uh, markets, you know, just there's a budget version of it at 1600 uh, you know it is still a definitely a pricey optic but i think we have to definitely keep in mind the capabilities you're getting with it you know obviously so um, absolutely but, yeah it's it's yeah, super cool it's super cool i think it's going to be uh, pretty neat to see what you guys are coming out with in five years as well i mean <laughs> yeah i mean if this is the uh, if this is our uh, you know 507c for the entry <laughs> to thermals who knows what you know the next versions and upgrades and stuff like that are going to be as we continue through with it so um, I mean, really, the sky's the limit, and and it really just comes down to what are what the consumers are asking for. You know, we try to take as much feedback from you guys as we can. So, you know, leave leave comments on the Instagram. Let us know what you guys are interested in, and uh, this Q and A is always really good for us to take product feedback. And we listen to you guys at the trade shows and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, it just really depends on what the consumer market's demanding. And right now, it seems like uh, thermals and night vision and stuff like that is trending very heavily. People are super interested in it, obviously, because it's so cool. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, you know, it kind of just makes sense to just give everybody what they're asking for. Right. So. And I will say too, like I had a few night vision related products on our shot show, uh, coverage and a lot of the comments, I shouldn't say a lot, but maybe a few or several comments were, were basically questioning like, 
why would the average person need this or why would uh, a regular person or maybe for the military or whatever and and i'll be honest guys like have have i used the term fud uh, absolutely but the reality is uh i i wish our community would be not as divisive as we are sometimes. So let's just say you're a traditional enthusiast. Uh, maybe you got into firearms because you had a hunting interest, a little bit of personal protection, but you own more traditional firearms versus modern sporting arms or competition or whatever it might be. Uh, the reality is I, I personally think night vision is a huge growing market because we have so many guys who have some handguns, they have an AR or two, um, so I see people wanting to try new stuff in the firearm sports. So that might be precision rifle, or they're just like, well, I could buy another tricked out AR or man, seeing in the dark is really cool. And if you guys have never played around with night vision, it, it is literally like a superpower. And, um, <laughs> I, and I, I know that's, you know, being a, a term that's probably overused, but it's so cool. And, uh, when I had a company reach out asking if I wanted to do a review on stuff, it's the, uh, panel bridge by, uh, noise fighters. And it was super cool because the, it allows the PVS 14s to kind of pan out a little bit, which it takes a little bit of getting used to, but he told me, he's like, man, I got to warn you, I'll loan this to you, but you're not going to want to send it back. And I can't give it to you. Cause it's like two really sweet PVS 14s. And, and he goes, but I'm, I'm warning you right up front. You're going to want to buy it. And I was like, no, I'll, I'll be fine. I'll play with it. I'll send it back. And it's like, okay, uh, we got to work out a payment plan. And <laughs> yeah, I think the uh, the emerging uh, you know marketplace for all the night vision related stuff you know it's uh, it's something I'm just seeing so much more frequently uh, throughout the community. You know, I think people are interested in it. They're trying to learn. There's so many different levels of it as well too. It might be one of those things where you know maybe your friends uh, all have super kitted out night vision stuff at the, you know and are already down that pathway, and you're just kind of trying to catch up a little bit. You know, it's like well. Having something like this allows you to have some capabilities and still play in those spectrums without having to drop, you know, five to seven thousand dollars for a set of dual tubes and a helmet system and all these things. And so it's just, a, you know, I think there's so many different levels of the marketplace for night vision. And for the longest time, it's been pretty expensive to get into, and you kind of got to need to know what you're doing. And it's there's there's a lot to know about the night vision side of things, and uh, especially with new digital stuff that's coming out, it's just the market's really expanding with that. And so I think you know dropping that kind of idea into a red dot site and combining these worlds you know it's just a uh, making new new parts of the market i guess you would say so it's gonna be really i'm really interested to see like how the continuation of these goes and what the future of all this technology like you said i mean if this is only gen one who knows what the five years down the road is going to be yeah absolutely uh do have one question here looping back to uh 43 and 48 optics uh this yep. one is from matthew why don't you guys send the right size screws for the 43 and 48 with the smaller optics like the 507ks and eps carries that kind of thing yeah so i think the most common uh, question we get all the time is like hey uh this screw doesn't fit it's too long mm -hmm. uh, and the reason why the screw is too long is that uh, a longer screw can accommodate more guns if you trim it versus sending a shorter screw that can only accommodate a few guns. Uh, so we include a little bit of longer sets of screws for people to be able to trim them to fit the exact optics that uh, you're mounting to your gun because uh, the 407K wasn't built specifically just to go on a Glock, you know, built to go on anything that fits that footprint. And so kind of have to try to get as much options as we can for all the guns in the marketplace. But it definitely is something that we hear uh, a lot in the customer service department and something that we're working on trying to implement is getting a better system for screws and you know, RMA parts and stuff like that. But if you ever have any issues mounting your optic or you ever have any issues with screws, just give our customer service line a call. We'd be happy to send you out a new set of screws. Um, but yeah, sometimes it does require fitting the screws to your specific guns. That way you don't have any issues. So that's kind of the reason why that happens. Perfect. Perfect answer. And shameless plug. If you guys are looking to shorten your screws, 
I know a guy who made a video on how to shorten your screws. Uh, when we post <laughs> gotta, this video, Dr. Dr. Emil. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, when we're, when I'm done with this live stream, I'll add a link to the video description below where I have a, a how to video on how to shorten your screws. I do a lot of installs on 43 X's 48s, and I even made this little, uh, screw block that basically you put both of the M4 screws in and then one sticks out slightly more than the other. And then you can, you know, shorten your screws with this little block. Now I made this because I do a lot of them and I shorten the posts and stuff. But the reality is you can pick up a screw block at, you know, some hardware stores or just have something to hold the screw. And uh, guys, it is not hard to shorten screws. You can watch my video. And then I believe it's right around 10 millimeters is the overall length that you need to shorten it to for uh, the 43X, 48. And that's using without a plate. Uh, if you use a plate, yeah. it might need to be a little longer. But I personally prefer, uh, I will mill my, my posts down. I have a milling machine and I, I realize not everybody has that, but uh, you know, it's if you have somebody who has access to a manual mill, uh, honestly, you could even do it with a file if you're patient. Uh, but having a little screw block like this, it's super easy to shorten screws. So I'll have a link, yeah. remind me to do that. And yeah. No, yeah, no definitely. Worries. I think it's, uh, we get a lot of customers, you know, calling about that all the time. It's definitely a complaint that we hear about, but it's one of those things where, uh, you know, if we were trying to offer every set of optic screws for what goes for each gun, you would get a whole separate box that was just screws that you would never use. And it's really not economical to send out that much at scale. And so we just try to get a one size fits all type of situation. So, but I definitely understand the frustration from a consumer side of things of, Hey, you know, I didn't know I needed to trim my screw. Now I got extra work to do. But at the end of the day, it's our firearms, you know, kind of got to take a little more care and tender work what we're doing at sometimes and yeah. so it's just trimming a screw it shouldn't be too difficult for most people i think yep absolutely uh now maybe you guys have uh talked about this how long in theory would it be before this kind of optic technology the thermal or night vision makes its way to the pistol realm and man that's an interesting that's an interesting thing because i think physically I, it would be a chance yeah i mean realistically speaking uh, you know, if we, if we say that the biggest optic window currently that we have is roughly the same size as our AIMS unit, um, but we have such a lack of space to really put any kind of technology like that, mm. you're, I mean, you we're talking about shrinking so many facets of technology, which is kind of the hardest part of everything is it is not that difficult to make a very nice thermal sensor but it's not going to be very small. <laughs> and so it, yeah. taking these things and trying to shrink them down is where you run into a lot of the issues with uh, trying to do this kind of stuff. And so anytime, you know, you're saying, Hey, let's take everything that's in this giant unit and scale it down to a pistol site. Um, you know, hard to say how many years of time that's going to take. I think realistically, there's so many different variables with power really kind of comes down to power sources, honestly, yeah. like you need batteries that can power this and without a space for a battery to power it it doesn't work. And so until we have some breakthroughs in lithium technology or new battery sources or mm. some kind of solar panel that'll, you know, charge some crazy supercapacitor type thing, you know, uh, it would really limit it a little bit more so by the technology of today's standards for batteries uh, than we are kind of other concepts at the moment. So no, great. Yeah. Great answer. Great answer. Uh, any idea if the PID line will have an option for LEP to get the candela up? So uh, I am kind of a bit of a flashlight nerd. I have tons of flashlights. I have an LEP that's like 1.2 million candela or something. And I call it the beacon of condor. You can just shine that thing in the sky and find me anywhere. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, realistically speaking, the, the thing with LEP technology is that it is such a incredibly powerful focused beam of energy. It's a very lightsaber-esque type device when you're uh, you're talking about, you know, scaling it up. And when you have something that's in, you know, this size of a head of an emitter, 
uh, having an LEP in there means I have a very tight beam. Uh, this literally would probably end up looking like a lightsaber if you yeah. were trying to, uh, you know, scale this up with that energy. And so I don't know how practical of an application that is in the tactical flashlight world realm. You know, I, I don't know how many people are uh, need that much type of uh, energy. You know, maybe we can diffuse it and come up with some other solutions to make it not so much mm -hmm. of a, you know, centered hotspot. But uh, I know that LEPs are definitely going to be the future of, you know, emitters and stuff like that. But I think it kind of depends on getting that beam to not be so focused. You know, spill is kind of nice uh, for some of these flashlights and having the ability to not have such a centered hotspot where you're kind of, uh, you know, searching in the dark with a, a small pie plate versus, you know, a giant field of view for the white light. It kind of, it would be an interesting concept though. Yeah, and I think uh, the diffusion idea is pretty interesting. And I'm kind of a flashlight nerd too. And just being a photo video guy, uh, being a light nerd. Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, and talking about like the rule of the inverse square, you know, about lighting and all this stuff of, Stuff, but I, I do think um, I'm actually kind of waiting for LEP technology to come to the automotive world because, yeah. like, if, if you could have like some driving lights uh, and then have your floods and stuff like that. But I agree with you, man. Like, from a pistol light, I mean, let's be honest, most people kind of suck after about 15 yards. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if we're being real about it, uh, you know, an LEP is going to give you hundreds of yards of range, uh, yeah. uh, you know, and I don't know how ap applicable that's going to be inside of a pistol. I mean, even for a rifle, I'm still like, eh, I don't really know if I'd want to run an LEP uh, yeah. unless I'm, I mean, I don't know what use case I would really have for that, to be honest with you. The LEP technology, I mean, they do have it in some of the, uh, you're talking about the off-road industry, uh, Baja mm -hmm. Designs, uh, they have some like really cool like pods that they have that go up by your doors that have LEPs built into them. Oh, I didn't and even know then I'm like, man, the beam pattern is so tight. Like what is the goal of this you know so i don't know i think the, the leps are really cool but it's such a very niche focus so i think creating some sort of a hmm. uh i don't know like a dialable diffuser or something where i can channel that beam pattern a little bit more i think it's going to be kind of the key to that for you know building it into pistols and rifle applications but who knows what the future holds i mean we're always coming up with cool new prototypes and interesting ideas and so i i mean lasers are always on the table so do you have any connections over at Baja? I need a set of those PID pods for my side-by-side. -side. <laughs> um, I do. Yes, message me after this. I'll, I'll get you in touch. <laughs> awesome. And for those of you guys who are interested in the side-by-side, -side, you can check out the Guns and Tactics Ultimate Range Mobile playlist on our YouTube channel. No, I'm shameless plug. I did do some side-by-side uh, -side videos. And what's crazy is that even though I'm a gun channel, uh, I found out that a lot of people that are into guns are also into off-road stuff. And some of our side... Yeah, some of our side by side videos actually are are well our most viewed videos. So, yeah, yeah, I uh, I definitely dove pretty headfirst into the off road industry. I kind of grew up doing that my whole life, and so uh, yeah, my my forerunner has gotten a little out of hand with the amount of modifications and <laughs> things that I've done to it. And so yeah, I uh, I feel you on that side of things, man. The uh, the off road industry, I think, is there's such a big crossover because a lot of times I'm literally driving to more remote locations so I can shoot in peace or like have a lot longer of a shooting lane. Uh, and so there's like a dry lake bed that we go out to. That's like quite a bit of an off-road trek to get there. And, cool. uh, but when you get there, you got eight to 900 yards of completely oh, flat, yeah. right? Desert. Yeah. You can drive your targets out. I'm not walking still. No more of that stuff. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, it's a nice day. So, but definitely I can totally see that crossover is definitely there for sure. Well, that's why I got the side-by-side. -side. It's a, a legitimate business expense yeah. because I use it to haul my targets down range. I take it to the shooting area. Uh, and then it's like... You feel well, my pain. Yeah. I, you only got to walk seal for so long through sand before you're like, yeah, about that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not in my 20s or 30s anymore. So screw that. Um, let's see here quick. We'll wrap up a couple questions and then we'll probably wrap it up and do our giveaway. Okay. Um, this one is... 
from, I'm assuming this is from Ben from the Jill and Ben team. Have you tried recording video photos through the new thermal? And actually, don't they have a recording function built in too? Yeah, so they do have a recording function that's built into them. I think it's going to be roughly like a 32 gig SD card. We might scale that up a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, we, the samples that we have right now, I'm still working on getting some feedback from like figuring out how to get the system to all work together. Mm -hmm. Um, so I haven't actually recorded footage off of these just yet. Um, the previous samples for the night vision one, I do have some pictures and stuff from that one. Um, but as we kind of work through the systems, uh, I got to get some more footage and stuff like that. And, you know, spend some more time testing out the recording functions because a lot of times I'm. There's so many things to test uh, in a given time period that it's, uh, you know, I think we're a little further down the list, but that's definitely on the, on our radar to kind of get some footage of that and show you guys what that actually looks like. Because a lot of the videos that you guys saw at SHOT Show and stuff like that were kind of people just looking through it. Yeah. Uh, and so we, we'd only had those samples for a relatively short amount of time uh, prior to that show. And so we just didn't get enough time. You know, SHOT Show is such a big workup for uh, trade show work and all the graphics and everything. And so hopefully we'll get some more time in the coming weeks with these. But I say that as I'm getting ready to head to Germany for uh, another couple of trade shows. So <laughs> hopefully we get more time when I get back. So, yeah. And my video that I posted uh, was just through a smartphone. You know, I think we, uh, we had somebody holding the phone. I was holding the rifle. We were trying to like, you know, get everything. It's a trick. It's a up. tricky yeah. thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, this is a compliment, I believe towards you, certainly not me, but Holosun hires some studs. <laughs> oh, Daniel Moon. <laughs> do you know Daniel? <laughs> oh, I do. I know Danny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mr. Moon. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. Um, are you guys working on any prism pistol optics? Um, nothing in the pistol side of things. We are working on some prism sites for the rifle side. Uh, we have a three X and a six X that we're kind of piggybacking, um, some red dot sites on top of, cool. um, but yeah, we are working on some stuff in that realm of things, but nothing for the, uh, the pistol side of stuff. Uh, I can't think of any, has anybody done a prism pistol site? Is that a thing? I can't think I, of any off the top of my head. I don't I know what you would need that for. Usually you kind of go prism if you want loaded magnification. So how far are you trying to shoot your pistol? Yeah. <laughs> and the only other thing I could think of uh, is maybe if there was a prism reticle for a pistol optic for those with astigmatism, maybe that reticle would be a little crisper, but that's the maybe only Maybe it's other just thing. like an edge glass reticle yeah. and that's pretty much it. Yeah, I can see something like that. But yeah, no, uh, no plans of that as of right now, uh, but we are working on something for the rifle side of things. So cool. We'll see. Who knows? Very cool. All right. Uh, Oh my gosh. Matthew is uh, still waiting for my appendix carry video. Yes. I, I'm going to be doing an appendix dad bod carry video. Uh, and then, um, for sure. Now, uh, someone is saying, make a, make a duty grade five twelve or five ten. Well, you guys have the five thirty. That's pretty damn duty grade, right? Um, I mean, yeah, as far as our, I mean, the aims also too in that category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, realistically the, the five twelve series has kind of been discontinued at this point. Um, just cause of the economics behind it, we weren't selling enough units. And so we're just kind of like, Hey, we're just going to focus our efforts on the aims and the five thirty series. Um, and the five thirty series is, yeah, it's an incredibly robust option for uh, something. If you want like that larger site picture, but I mean, also the aims too, if you want to cut down on weight, like there's some variables you can play with on that side of things. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, art. Awesome to have you here. I appreciate it. Also gave you a shout earlier because uh, Art is one of our Patreon supporters. So I appreciate Art checking in. And uh, some more comments for basically an RMSC footprint SCS or the 43X. So definitely some comments on there. So I think uh, yeah, I think the market is speaking and that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think the uh, the thing with the RMSC footprint is it's such a, uh, 
Yeah, because we have the K footprint, we try to make everything kind of work for that. And so now we need to work backwards. So I think that the RMSC optic is definitely one that's on our radar. And hopefully we can come up with something for the Glock people, because I know that the demand is definitely there for the 43Xs. Uh, we, we get that question probably more than any of the other ones right now for the SCS series. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, this is from Antonio. Uh, what about an SCS system with a large window size for sporting use? And I would say probably the SCS 320 would be the solution for that, right? Um, the SCS 320 is definitely a little bit bigger than the normal SCS series. Um, I mean, in terms of like, say if we were to take a 507 comp and make that into an SCS, I mean, maybe, who knows? I don't know. Uh, you know, this is the first foray into the competition side of things. You know, it's just, uh, the 507 comp, maybe it'll be a 508 and then titanium model and maybe we'll come up with some solar options. Uh, you know, who knows what the future holds for this side of things, but you know, very interesting idea to have the SCS in like a, a large window. Um, I, the other part of that comment that he had mentioned was the iron sights being a, a key factor of that. And so the thing with the SES series is that when it's designed for a specific gun, like say the VP9, for instance, uh, we're able to remove all of the plates in the system and set it directly to their proprietary footprint, which gives us a pretty much almost an absolute co-witness with the iron sights. Um, when you go to something that's a, hey, one size fits all model, we now lose that ability to increase that depth on the slide. And we have to add that back into basically the housing itself because we can't match that footprint. Uh, and so if you're trying to do like a universal large SES window site, like say for RMR, the problem is you're still going to end up having a deck height that's maybe not as acceptable as you would want for the iron site usage because it's not specifically built for it. So there's always some caveats with the SES series because of the way that they're designed for specific guns. The Delta Point Pro is kind of the first one that is a little bit of a different foray out of um, you know the absolute co-witness with the irons and trying to get that as, as close as possible. This one does sit a little bit higher. So there's some pros and cons if you try to make things fit more platforms versus other ones, so. No, it definitely makes sense. Uh, and then uh, some follow-up comments basically was, uh, it looks like uh, when you asked uh, FAFO about you know their shooting, regularly shoots pistol to 75 yards, has an astigmatism. So yeah, maybe that idea of a prism pistol optic because yeah. As my eyes are, I, I still have relatively good vision, but I'm noticing that I'm starting to see more of the grape cluster or that bloom with red dots. Uh, and some people will, when I go to classes, they'll say like, yeah, it looks like a, a, a comma or, you know, a smudge or whatever. And the way that I, yeah. you know, have people test to see if they have an astigmatism is basically to look through and rotate the handgun and see if that rotates or not. Because if it rotates, it could be an optical issue, but if it doesn't, the dot is circle, but it's your eyes that are seeing it as this weird cluster. And, and that's kind of the thing that a lot of people don't realize they, they have an issue. And thankfully my eye doctor is also a shooter. Um, so when I go to get my eye exam, I bring my guns and I'm like, all right, one or two. And he's like, you know, like two. And I was like, okay. And he told me, he's like, look, you have a slight astigmatism. And if you get corrective lenses, you're going to want to wear them all the time. And if you don't want to wear glasses, then don't. But he was pretty realistic with me and kind of, you know, he knows what my goals are because he's a shooter as well. So uh, Todd, if you ever get to watch this, shout out to you. I know he's a pretty busy guy, but super good. Yeah, super cool. the, uh, the astigmatism test is just take a picture through the optic with your phone. Uh, like, you know, focus your phone at a, a distant wall, put mm. the gun in front of it, take a picture of it. If you don't see any distortion, then yeah, you probably got something going on with your eyes. That's usually the easiest way. So you hear people like, oh, I gave it to my daughter and she's younger and she looked through it and they're like, well, she might have an astigmatism too. So I might run in the family kind of thing. Uh, so, you know, it kind of just depends on, uh, it's easier to just take a picture we find and you can tell immediately if you're having any issues with your optic. And a lot of times it's just people need to clean out their 507 because there's a little bit of dust in there. <laughs> yeah, very true. Very true. Um, I think we are winding down and, uh, we've been going on for, it looks like about an hour and a half. And I, uh, 
I really do appreciate your time. Um, man, yeah, sure, definitely. seriously, I do think this was the most viewed live stream we've ever had. At times, we were definitely breaking into the triple digits. Right now, we have 98 people watching. And obviously, a lot of people will catch this later. But this is definitely yeah. the uh, one of the more popular live streams that we've had for a channel of our size. So that's really, really cool. Um, yeah, we're definitely happy to uh, hop on and answer some questions and kind of dispel some of these uh, weird shot show rumors and just talk about all the fun new stuff that we have coming out. Because I mean, our product lineup for this year is just incredible. And I, I can't be more excited for uh, all this stuff to get on the market and the competition optic is coming up relatively soon. And so it just, yeah, I, I am super, super excited to see the response from the competition shooting scene to see, uh, you know, what their thoughts and opinions are about it as we get more of these samples out there. And so it's just a uh, yeah, we have such a cool lineup this year and uh, I'm really yeah. excited. And so thank you for taking the time to uh, sit down and talk with us and let everybody know about all the cool new stuff we have coming out. No, seriously. As I, uh, as I would quote my, f one of my favorite movies, Office Space, the pleasure's on all this side of the table, you know? So, uh, and that's a little bit of an inside joke. We did a test run about like an hour before we started this and, you know, we were kind of testing audio and, and testing the split screen and all this stuff. Um, and speaking of which, I do appreciate you inviting your fan club because Travis also replies, Josh is such a cutie. So, uh, you, you definitely, you, you've upped the audience here. I appreciate that. Uh, I do my best. Yeah. I've got a couple of fanboys. <laughs> and I gotta say, uh, if you guys ever watch a live stream, where it's really well produced and they don't have any glitches like you need to give them a compliment because i had no idea how hard it is to do the computer stuff the audio stuff get like getting sources all coming in like mad mad yeah. credit to those people who do this well like i had no idea so we're learning yeah i think i spent probably close to like four hours yesterday just setting up the lights in the studio to get like yeah. the perfect yeah. you know so it's just like man the amount of effort that goes into live streaming stuff is uh, incredible so it's probably tell you on that one yeah and your studio backdrop looks great the black everything i mean it's well lit oh, thank so thank you yeah I appreciate this is, it you, if, I, if you see a panned out version of what's happening right <laughs> now it is the most haphazard setup there's like two people slowly holding this light above me so you know it's uh, we're doing our best over here <laughs> see and i wish i had somebody else because i could use uh, a little more coffee and and i don't know about you but one of the perks of working from home is sometimes my coffee might have a little bit of a kick <laughs> Yeah, yeah, not as much of a perk in the office. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, guys, uh, if you guys have made it this long, I do sincerely appreciate it. I can't believe uh, the amount of uh, comments and interaction we've had. Uh, I do got to give a huge shout out to Josh from Holoson Optics for joining us on this live stream. Really appreciate it. Uh, again, my name is Dave from Guns and Tactics. You can find more about us at gunsandtactics.com. And if you like this style, uh, we also turn this into a podcast. So if you ever wanted to catch up on this or our QA episodes, uh, you can catch those wherever you get your podcasts as well. So Josh, I believe the thing that everybody's been waiting for, you're giving away a 507 comp. Now, to be clear, it's production so they're probably going to get it around march right yeah yeah not too long away so maybe a, a couple more weeks here all right so here's what i need everybody to do is go ahead and leave a number in the comments uh actually i don't know how, how we could search for that number so let's uh let's figure out how we're or should we just pick a random comment what do you think josh um yeah i think we just pick a random comment just okay. kind of go through and find somebody that uh looks like they're going to be eligible for it i mean honestly i they're going to love it, dude. Like, there's if anybody who's got a pistol that's got for RMR, you're going to love this optic entirely. Uh, yeah. I would say. All right. So, I'm just doing a weird shuffle of comments here. And when you tell me to stop, I will stop on a comment. How's that? Sounds good. I'll stop on DJ. Okay. Stop. <laughs> All, All right. right. Uh, this one right here is from 
Kanaka Hawaiian. So are you still watching Kanaka? 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 I, I don't know how to pronounce that, but are you still watching? Because you're the random comment that was selected when Josh had stopped. This is what the cursor was on. So uh, let's <laughs> scroll down to the bottom to see if you're still watching. All right. Kanaka? How, how many seconds should we give them to comment? I don't know. Are they still watching? Or are they not? Because I think you have to be present to win, right? Um, yeah, I think we should make that probably a, a pretty good, uh, reasonable thing. But yeah, right. not watching. And if they're not watching, but let's give them a few seconds to reply here. Kanaka Hawaiian, are you still watching? Kanaka Hawaiian. The proud owner of a new 507 competition. Well, they might not be if they don't get their <laughs> rear in gear and tell them that they're here. Uh, Kanaka, it's not looking good. Oh, 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 nope, not many. Yeah, the sudden comments, nope. that's right. All right, we're going to give you a five, four, three, two, one. Didn't make it, my friend. Didn't, didn't make it. Off the list. Off the list. All right, let's do the <laughs> random comment again here. All right, let's. Uh, here we go. I'm shuffling. I'm scrolling. And as soon as I hear you say stop, Josh, I will, I will pick our comment. And stop. Oh, I almost hit the ban button. Whoops. Hang on. It is Lee Anthony. Lee Anthony, are you still here? Let's go back down to the bottom. Lee Anthony. Hmm. Oh, oh no. Big purple commented. Pick me. Well, everybody wants me to be picked, but Lee Anthony, are you still here? You know what? Really this, getting people that are taken off by that watch. I know. So the next time we'll give him a few seconds to check in, Lee Anthony. Uh, otherwise, we'll stick to like the more recent comments. I'll try to keep the cursor down at the bottom. So we'll just try to do that. I don't know. Lee Anthony. Oh, there he is. <laughs> is hey, he? we did it. Oh, is he? I don't <laughs> see him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There he yep. is. There we go. Perfect. We got Perfect. somebody. Lee Anthony, congratulations, man. You are going to win a brand new 507 competition when they first come out. All right. Now, where did Lee Anthony's comment just go? I hope I didn't delete it accidentally. There it is. <laughs> there we go. All right. Lee Anthony, you are the winner. So here's what I need you to do, Lee Anthony. Um, go ahead and send me an email to the QA at gunsandtactics.com and uh, send me a screenshot of your user profile so I can make sure it's actually you and then we'll get in touch or whatever. But you have to send me a screenshot of your user profile deal on, uh, looks like you were commenting on YouTube. So I need to see your YouTube account thing or whatever, and you can black out whatever information you don't want, but I have to make sure it's not an imposter, Lee Anthony. So that is it. Uh, congratulations. Yeah, look at, man, all the comments are pouring in right now. Look at this. So <laughs> Yeah, people are excited. I know that competition, man. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think that's going to do it guys. Uh, again, if you've liked the content, please like share and subscribe. I really would appreciate it. It helps the channel grow. So we're able to do cool stuff like this. Josh, would you be willing to do this again sometime? Yeah, definitely, man. My, uh, my schedule is definitely a little hectic at times, but uh, as long as we schedule it out, I would have no problem coming back on and talking to fans, answer more questions. Uh, I know people have tons of questions about the product. There's always new stuff coming out. We have fun new stuff towards the end of the year. So uh, definitely we'll look forward to doing it again, man. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we could even pick like a, a focus topic. Like if we just want to talk handgun red dots or yeah. you know, something like that, we could totally do that. But um, yeah, hundred percent. I'd love to. Cause I think there's a, there's definitely a lot of education and, and like you said, you know, questions and comments for people. So I'd love to sit down and kind of just go over uh, pistol red dots, talk about rifle red dots, whatever, you know, we got tons and tons of cool new products coming out. 
Yeah. So thanks again to Holosun Optics for hopping on this show. Thanks again to Josh. If you guys like the content, please like, share, subscribe. And if you want to support the channel, check us out on Patreon. You can check out our webpage, Guns and Tactics, has all the links, all that cool stuff. Special thank you again to Holosun Optics. That's going to do it for this episode of our first ever QA industry focused episode. I hope you guys uh, appreciated the content. We sure enjoyed making it for you and interacting with you and answering all your questions. Thank you guys very much for watching and have a great day.